Welcome back, everybody, to Feedback Loop. I'm Joey. And I'm Jeremy. And we are back here, ending off the Dark Pop album train thing that Jeremy had us on last week. Starting into this this new adventure, this new land of wonder, of wonder ah. and adventure. Wonder yeah, it's the I, magnets. <laughs> I made a call forward, which is like a call back to something that you guys don't know yet. It's some, something. Well, they do know. We we, we told them what we were listening to last week. <laughs> you know, it's been two weeks real time since we did this, so we're kind yeah. of just floating it out there. But new magnetic wonder is what it's what we're discussing today. It's the album by the Apples and Stereo. Uh, it's an album that I like. Jeremy might like it. I don't know yet. But. <laughs> That's what we're going to find out. That's why we're here today. We are gathered here today. We're not, we're not gathered. <laughs> to talk can't about be this album. Because, yeah. because yeah. viruses. Gathering, it's illegal. It's literally illegal in some <laughs> places. So. <laughs> but yeah, so this is an album that uh, it's going to kick off kind of a... I've decided it's going to be a four-album kind of journey that we're going on. Related yeah. to the Elephant Six music collective recording thing that was started, actually started by the frontman of this band, Robert Schneider. He was one of the founding members of it. But they just they they made some pretty cool music back in the nineties. And I mean, I get, hmm? uh, I was I didn't mean to interrupt. I was just going to ask: Was the Apples in Stereo Rob's band at the time, or did this come after? They were, I'm pretty sure they were his band at the time. Their first album was a uh, fun trick noisemaker came out in 95 and the elephant sick collective was started in 91. So I think they were kind of making some music at the time. He was a very, he was a producer for a lot of the other bands as well. So I think gotcha. he kind of just, they all kind of co-mingled and they were all on each other's stuff for a little while. So. Okay. I can dig it. I can I can yeah. feel it. Can, <laughs> can you, you feel, feel it? it? <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's another call forward. Man, I, I we should, is that is that good good strategy to call the things that people don't know about yet? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so because because nobody will understand it until it happens, <laughs> unless we keep calling it out. I guess. Yeah, yeah, and then whenever we do say the thing, you'll think back and be like, "Oh shit, I get it now." Okay. <laughs> Unless they actually listened to the album last week and then they already know, I guess. Yeah, but. that's true. We're assuming that nobody listened, which, I mean, <laughs> <It's> statistically, it's <accurate. laughs> pretty true. We see, we see the numbers, as discussed previously. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. The album so, art yeah, there you for, go. for there this you album. Go. We're, we're just getting into it. Uh, it's pretty interesting. I, can't, I don't have like a high-res picture in mm-hmm. front of me, but it, it looks like it's some, like almost a collage the landscape it, I, I guess of sorts it is and uh i just want to make sure that i'm calling it the right <laughs> picture because i had looked up it's actually has a name it's called acid eden and it is a collage like a pop collage made by someone named andrew mclaughlin so he made it for this but yeah it's called acid eden it's a uh, pretty yeah, cool. It's, it, there's a lot going on. Probably too much to to verbally explain, but uh, there's a whole just just Google it. You got the name. Yeah. Of, you got the name of the thing. You got the name of the album at the very least. 
And, I mean, it kind of makes sense. It's Acid Eden. It kind of looks like a Garden of Eden. Like, there's a lot of, like, early-looking animals, I guess. Like, there's a giraffe. There's a rhino. There's what looks to be humans inside of a flower in the bottom left with half of what looks like the Venus de Milo statue in the bottom corner. And then up at the top, there's another statue with pillars. And there's just an onion up there. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that's an onion. But, yeah, it's just some weird, weird stuff going on. Some weird stuff pasted on top of each other, and then it's, there's like a sky. So, so it's it's not like just randomly placed. It, it's laid out in such a way to evoke a landscape. So, like mm-hmm. the bottom half of the album is mostly greens and like plant life and stuff, and then the top portion is like uh, it looks like three, two or three different. I think it's two different like spacey like galaxy pictures. Yeah, uh, kind of cool. Yeah, I've, I've always thought it was at least interesting. I never really gave it much thought because the first time I listened to this album, I think I was like 14. But Yeah, I mean, you know. <laughs> this came out in 2007, which was yeah. some time ago. Yeah, and I picked this album. I'll go ahead and say it because, I mean, like, The Elephant Six was really big. Like, they hit their big creative stride in, I'd say, the late 90s. But I picked this from 2007 because I think it's a good entry point for the band. I may be biased. It was my entry point for the band. Sure. So they're it's I'd say they're probably their most accessible album. So so another reason I would uh, expect you to have picked this album is, as an entry thing is because it's it as you will find out it's not what I was expecting this to be. You mm-hmm. you, you kind of laid it out to me at least, or maybe I just interpreted it the wrong way. That the Elephant Six is very like indie and kind of like Pat the bunny and, and Nana grizzle yeah. and stuff like that, which, you know, I'm not crazy about. So I think this mm-hmm. was, this was a nice way to kind of like ease into that and eventually get to where we're, where you're trying to take me. That it, you, you hit the nail on the head because that was my exact thought process. I figured we just finished the dark pop train. You tend to gravitate towards like, I don't, I don't mean this in any sort of like bad way, no, but like poppy, well, well-produced <laughs> type things and like this is probably this is pretty close to that because i mean the apples and stereo i think they had one more full-length album after this in 2010 and it's very produced but it was like the further you go back in their discography the more kind of indie it gets okay i can dig it well we will see what happens next week uh and and as we continue (laughs) that but we're here to talk about this album now Let's let's get into it. There's 24 let's tracks. It. It's a long boy. Yeah, it's not, not, I mean, not really a super long boy. It's 52 minutes long, which is yeah. longer than a lot of the albums we've done. I've never recommended an album this long. So. Yeah, 24 tracks. It's insane. It's a lot of notes. That's for sure. Easily the the longest track wise yeah. that we've done. For sure, and uh, but you know. Um, it's, I don't know, it's, there's a lot of, we'll, we'll get into it, we'll get into it. All, all I have for you is one question right now. Yeah, what can is you, it? Can you feel it, Jeremy? I, I can feel it. Can you feel, okay, good, good. I, I can feel the first track coming on. Because that is what starts off this journey. Can oh, you, you feel like, it? Like the first track on the album? Yeah, it's called Can You Feel It? And it's the perfect way to start off this album because... Oh boy, I think I think this song 
You know what? Actually, I want to hear what you think of it first. I want to hear. It. I want to hear. What <laughs> okay. You think of it. See, see, Joey's been a little bit in the dark. Uh, normally, we kind of get a vibe for what the other person is going to think of an album. Mm-hmm. I don't think Joey Joey knows what to expect. I, have so no I think clue. he's kind of he's kind of timid here and wants me mm-hmm. to go first because he doesn't he doesn't want to go too hard and then I hate it or or vice versa. Pretty uh, much. I, I enjoy it. So. Oh. This the song, uh, it's, it's it's got a cool intro. It's got some like dissonant boops. Yeah, it's like some guitar <laughs> strumming, and then you hear in a vocoded voice, someone presumably the singer say, "Turn up the stereo," and yeah. it just kicks off and goes into this like, I don't I don't know this, this good like feel good upbeat rock. It, it a lot of this album feels like Brit rock to me, like a lot of British yeah. rock stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know, I can dig it. This song specifically like when the guitars kick off, I got a, a vibe of like the presence of the United States of America with some of the guitar riffs and stuff, which I can is feel a that. huge compliment. And my, can you feel it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I'm a big fan of presence of the United States of America. So it, it immediately put me in a good mood. Uh, Hell yeah. I, I, the dude's voice. I'm still like, I enjoy it. I'm going to say mm-hmm. that I enjoy the dude's voice, but it's kind of like, abnormal or or not not poppy in any display but it kind of is it's it's it it almost reminds me of like blur which, yeah uh, damon albarn's kind of first big band uh where it, it's it's just kind of like i don't know i don't know how to describe it i i could not find the words to explain why i thought this dude's voice was simultaneously bad and good <laughs> well at least I'm I'm gl- I'm very glad to hear that you liked it because uh, this album is a near and dear album to me just because of like the time that I heard it for the first time and whatever. Sure. But I'll I'll get more into that later. But I really like this guy's voice. Like Robert Schneider is the front man. He's one of the founding people of Elephant Six. He's just, in my opinion, just very good at what he does. He's and your hero. He's one of my heroes, I think. And it's weird to say that because I don't, I don't know. I'll go through spells of listening to the Apples and Stereo a lot. There's other bands in the Elephant Six, one in particular that I'm going to end on that I really, really, really like. But okay. this is, yeah, this is the longest. This is the band that I've listened to the longest out of this whole thing, I'd say. Cool. But, cool. Well, yeah, I, I like his voice. Uh, turn up this. I feel like this is a great song to kick off the album just because a lot of this album to me feels like letting kind of the feeling of music go through you, kind of absorbing it, feeling it, thinking about it. And there's not a whole lot of, I mean, there is substance to the lyrics, but sure. a lot of it is about very inward ideas, I guess. Yeah, we, we can talk about that. In, in this song specifically, there's not a whole lot. It, it's just kind of like a feel-good party song, which I think is it's it's a good album to kick off not just or it's a good song not to kick off not just this album, but our our adventure here because yeah. it, it's it's very upbeat and cheery, which is a good contrast <laughs> to a lot of what we've done on on the podcast where it's yeah. been usually sad boy stuff. Hashtag sad boys. Oh yeah. But uh, now we're becoming hashtag happy boys. Happy seems. boys. Or hashtag upbeat boys at the very least. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's just kind of like a groovy, like 
just like what you would stereotypically think a band does like at least back yeah. in the 90s yeah they just kind of like get together play music have fun and it's it's just just a good time for everyone listening i yeah i agree i would classify this as like i don't know if power pop rock or something like that like power rock power pop it's it, i think it's pretty poppy like the sound maybe not his voice like you said like sure. he, he sings in a poppy way but his voice doesn't necessarily right. sound poppy but the the music i feel like kind of has like a pop rock type thing For with sure. other but there's like electronic stuff mixed in but uh oh yeah and and it's it's got it definitely has that indie filter on it yeah. all like it it, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily feel like something that I would hear on pop radio. Yeah, that's true. That, that is very true. One thing I would like to add in at the end of this song, there's a, like, can you feel it? The song is turning, kind of like fading out, and you start to hear a lot of feedback, and then you hear a British, some British dude yell, yeah. everything's feedbacking, can you hear it? And he's like yeah. pissed off. In the liner notes of this album, it is credited to London audience as uh, they're credited with the anger towards the Apple in stereo for the feedback. <laughs> so that guy yeah. is credited in the liner notes. Well, good for him. He's going to make something yeah. of himself someday. I'm sure he made it. That's his, that's his <laughs> spotlight right there. Yeah. Well, you know, if, if he, if that guy in that guy's opinion, you know, there are two options. You can do it his way <laughs> or you can do it the sky way. Man, I I pick Skyway. I don't even know what that means. No, I I like it. I I thought no substance. I thought you were gonna go like a different way, but I like I like where you went. I thought you were gonna yeah, go I like Skyway. I didn't yeah, know you, the way you thought I was going to. You he went the Skyway straight through the sky, straight to the second track. <laughs> but this song, Skyway. Just to be clear, track two, Skyway. Yeah, it's Skyway, <laughs> Skyway. It's it's not my way. That's not what it's called. This is not right. Frank Sinatra. This Correct. is Skyway. Apples and Stereo. That's the album. It's, it's the song <laughs> on the album. The band is the apple. I don't need to explain this. We're, we're just going to talk about the song, okay? <laughs> but, okay. So, this song, it's uh, more of the same, really. Like, it kind of has, I don't know, a little bit. I feel like this one sounds a little bit more produced. Kinda, it's got this chuggy type of guitar, like like it, yeah, very crisp. That's a very good adjective. I need to keep that in my mind. (laughs) But it's uh, it's got this cowbell in there that comes in occasionally, and you'll know it when you hear it because I can't unhear it. I like (laughs) this song, but every time I hear this song, I hear cowbell, ding ding. Just there's actually the another song. track that had a lot of cowbell. I, I didn't note the cowbell because I feel like mm-hmm. it came through a couple times in the album, but like, yeah, it's very pr- prominent in, in at least in my mind as well when I'm yeah. listening to it. But, um, yeah, it just it hits me every time. I like the rest of the song, it's just that cowbell, but uh, yeah, I can't unhear it. <laughs> yeah, it, it's more of the, the track overall is is more like chill i think than mm-hmm. the first track the first one was very like energetic and, and in your face this one's a little bit more subdued but not in a bad way at all yeah. it's still like it's it's got like a classic british rock feel like like the rolling stones could have played the song or something yeah. just for like, musical context i guess i did a, i did a few comparisons on this i stopped doing that towards the end but that's that's just kind of like 
that's, that's how I relate to a lot of things that are new to me is by yeah. saying, Oh, like, this sounds like this band or that band or that band to try and help me weave it in. Yeah, I do that as well. And I've always wondered like, if that's bad or not, I don't think it's a bad thing because I don't, I used to think like, Oh, I'm just constantly comparing everything to everything else like that. I'm just reducing whatever this person's created down, but like you got to contextualize it somehow. I mean, yeah, new things that you never heard before. You, you can't I just like unhear it. everything. Every time you hear a new album, and just forget yeah, ex- that it exists. exactly. Nothing. You're never going to hear anything after hearing the first thing that you've heard, you're almost never going to hear anything that completely doesn't sound like anything else at all. That's, that's, that's deep and esoteric and I enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> I, good. Cause I felt like it made no sense at all after I said it. That's fine. But speaking of what things mean, this song, I, there's a lot of times where I don't, I don't know. You'll hear me say this a lot. Like, I don't actually know if they're, they're trying to say anything in this song. Okay, so I, I initially I initially kind of got that same vibe. I, I still did at the end on a lot of these tracks. Um, but I, I think I've, I've conceived somewhat of a through line through a lot of these tracks. And I don't think this is necessarily a concept album, but I mm-hmm. think a lot of the songs were maybe written within the same context mm-hmm. of, of a person or of a person's adventures or of a, a group of people's adventures kind of a thing. So in this song I got lyrically anyway, is that it, it seemed to be about a friend of the singer who never really took advice on anything or, or maybe it's about himself. It's about a person that never really took advice from anyone on anything and just kind of made their own way through life, mm-hmm. which kind of led them away from their friends. I like that. You said that, they, they they went the skyway. I like that you said that very much because uh, I feel the same exact way. In fact, I pretty much wrote down word for word what you just said. <laughs> so it's well, cool. It's about somebody friends though. Yeah. Oh my god. Are are we are we becoming friends? Are we? I think so. Hey Joey, do you want to do a podcast with me? <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Uh, when should we record it? Mondays. Right oh now. wait. <laughs> Shh, they don't know it's not Monday. Oh oh shit. Do they even know that we record on Monday? That's uh, I don't know. Now they do. They do know. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, that's what I got. That somebody's just blindly following their not blindly, I guess they're following their own path so hard that they ignore all like nature's giving them signs. People are giving them signs and advice. Like everything is trying to tell, give them any sort of hints or advice, and they're just like, nope, I'm going my own, going straight to the sky. Yeah, and I th- that that starts uh, a recurring theme on this album, of a, similar to one of the other albums that we discussed, where there's a lot of themes of nature, mm-hmm. kind of kind of tying through. Uh, which I mean, I guess it's a nebulous concept; it's easy enough to, to weave in. But yeah. specifically, I feel like on this album, there's a lot of talk about the sky and, yeah. and the stars and, and stuff like that. So this kind of like this, this sets that that tone. Uh, coming off of Can You Feel It, which didn't really have a lot of lyrical substance to it, getting into yeah. to more thought-out tracks, I suppose, lyrically. I guess that makes sense. Uh, head in the clouds is a saying that is whenever somebody, I guess, is in their own little little yeah. world or something. They're in their skyway. But, uh, They're in their skyway. <laughs> if, we, if Can You Feel It didn't have much lyrical substance, Skyway had lyrical substance. The next song... 
Mellotron <laughs> One also has no lyrical substance because there's no lyrics. It's the, the first, the first of Mellotrons. There's Mellotron Senior, Mellotron Junior. This is this is Senior. Yes. Mellotron One. And it's, uh, it's a nice like jazzy waltzy interlude. I really I really dig it. Do you? Because I I also like it. Of course, of course I'm gonna like it. Why, why, why am I? I even... No, I no. Well, it's I don't think you wouldn't. I was about to go into a whole thing about the Mellotron. Did you do any research on a Mellotron? No. Okay, cool. Because now I get to sound like I know things. Get, so, give us some history. The Mellotron. It is like you know. I'm a sucker for sampling. The Mellotron. Sure is an analog sampler. It is like an instrument where you have, if I, if I have done my research correctly, there's records in this instrument and you kind of play it by pushing buttons or like piano keys. And it plays either different records or different parts of records as okay. an instrument. So, so, so it's like, it's like turntablism, but with more records and at the push of a button instead of yeah. manually switching back and forth between like two records. Yeah, pretty much like you can play different parts of the same record. If you have multiples of it or different records entirely at the That's same time. Yeah. And uh, I don't, this is kind of, I feel like earlier elephant six blending into like his ideology that kind of started that whole thing blending into his new poppy sound because it seems like this is the sound given how far in his career it is whenever he made this album this is kind of the poppier sound on this album is what he was striving towards but yeah he also comes at it with kind of like an experimental type thing which i mean i guess the mellotron it was used plenty it was invented in the 60s i think it was used plenty back then so it's not like crazy unheard of but it's I don't know. I just thought it was pretty cool that he used it on here. Yeah, we need to get ourselves a, mel- a Mellotron so we can play around with some music. Hell yeah, we do. They're only like <laughs> thousands and thousands of dollars. It's fine, but... <laughs> Joey. The ad revenue we have for doing the show is through the roof. We can afford it. Oh my it. god. Oh my god. Uh, speaking <laughs> of ad revenue, no. <laughs> that would have... That see... If that we had merch our... or something, that would have been the yeah. perfect place to put it. <laughs> man, okay. So all you companies out there who are listening to this, just like, man, I got to get on this sweet feedback <laughs> loop action. Just know that's how great we can do ad breaks if we are yeah. needed to. It was seamless. Nobody, You didn't even notice that we were going to, to plug merch that we didn't have because we don't yeah. have any. But, <laughs> but if we did, you know, we can make it happen. Yeah. And, uh, and maybe, don't... maybe just just maybe if if you like sponsor us we'll have enough to pay our energy bill as well. oh <laughs> caught you off guard with that one didn't i you, you definitely did because i was gonna say we'll come at it with the same amount of energy and then oh, you're like yeah. e- energy bill but uh the I'm next cutting song you off i'm cutting i'm cutting off your segue with my segue <laughs> shit man shit uh, oh well the next song if you haven't guessed is called energy track four I believe that's true. Yeah, track four, energy. Nailed it. So, <laughs> oh, this song. This song is the first song I ever heard. I don't know why I said oh like I forgot it, but uh, that's well, you did until you didn't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's how remembering works, I guess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, this, this song is the first song I ever heard. It's it's a good one. Well, I, okay. 
I don't know if I, I feel like it's a good one. This, this whole it, it fits on this album for sure. I don't dislike this. I, I didn't mean to imply that I disliked it, but it, it's it's very catchy at the very least. It, it's got a bit of an earworm yeah. effect to it, in my opinion. Yeah, it does. I'd say this this is their most popular song. I think, like it's it was on it was on a video game. I think, and that's oh, where really? I heard it for the first time. Interesting. I think maybe. Maybe it wasn't. I honestly don't know. I All I know is whenever I was like 13 or 14 and this album was like, it was actually like brand new. Yeah. I went on a vacation with my parents to Florida and we drove there. The whole drive down there, I had a playlist on my iPod. There were three songs on it. Energy, <laughs> I Hate Everything About You by Three Days Grace. <laughs> And this ain't a scene. It's a goddamn arms race by Fallout Boy. <laughs> Jesus, Joey, what was going on in your life that those were three songs that you felt you needed to listen to over and over again, driving to fucking Florida? <laughs> it was it was a very very weird time in my life. I yeah, guess it's a it's a weird like first just having a playlist of only three songs to begin with is kind of interesting. But then having those three songs that are in no no way, shape, or form, in my opinion, related to each other. They were kind not. Of, just kind of vibing for them. For like, <laughs> it's like a 13, 15 hour drive. It's a very long drive to Florida. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it was. And coming back, I did not listen to that same playlist. <laughs> but going there. You never there, listen to that playlist again. <laughs> yeah. Going there, I definitely did. I just, that is. I don't know, it's just something, it's so weird to think about the musical journey I have been on, because that was, I don't know, I was, I think I was 13 or 14, I guess I would have had to have been 14 whenever this, no, I was 13 when this album came out, so, yeah, I was probably 13, just hanging out, yeah, (laughs) just hanging out, listening to this, and being like, yeah, that's me, I'm gonna listen to this for 15 hours, it's fine. It's no big deal. <laughs> it's kind of insane. Uh, the, the song does have a bit of an evolution through it, which I think I think it's kind of nice. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of a lot of added and, and subtracted like sounds and such. I, I really like the the backing vocals in the oh, chorus. Yeah. The bass comes through very very clean on this one. It's got this kind of droopy British guitar solo that's kind of like I, I guess Beatlesy. A lot a lot of the the songs on this kind of have like a Beatles feel in my opinion. Where it's just kind of yeah. like some of it's a bit happy and some of it's a bit droopy and like droopy is not like a good way to destroy, describe a guitar sound. I don't think, but that's kind. I of think it works. Like if uh, I think if somebody listened to this album and heard the word droopy, they would understand. <laughs> like, yeah, it's droopy what part you're talking? Because I know what you're talking about, like the. Yeah, it's very it's very droopy, yeah. and I don't know. There's just something about it, and just the message of the song. It doesn't. I don't know. It doesn't really have like too much of a message, but it, it's right. just talking about how we're all made up of the same energy, and he's using that energy to create great music, or just create something that you can feel, because he's wanting to know if you can feel it. And he's creating, yeah. he's using this energy to make those things. And it's just, yeah, it, it's just it, a nice little. 
it kind of gave me like a I, I don't know if it's because mentally I was thinking of like Beatles and like older classic rock and stuff like that but it kind of gave me this hippie vibe of just like people talking about being able to read each other's auras and like feeling mm-hmm. people's auras and like the the energy between people and and the whole feng shui of of people and, and yeah. I don't know give me give me that kind of vibe you are not wrong in thinking hippie that's for sure are these people but, hippies I don't know. I, they might be hippies, <laughs> but all I know is, uh, you know what? Are, are we done with this song? Because uh, I don't have anything else to say about it. Because it's. Uh, I mean, yeah. At this point, it feels like it's it's kind of becoming the same old drag. Yeah, you you knew you knew where I was going. <laughs> the, is that called a call forward technically, or is it just a segue? I think it's so just a segue. What I'm starting to question myself is are, are all segues that we do call forwards to the next five seconds? Holy shit. Is every is every thought that we have a call forward to what we're about to say in the future? Jesus Christ, Joey. I can't <laughs> handle that right now. Let's talk about track number five. Same old drag. Same old drag. Ooh, jinx. <laughs> this <Yeah>. one. This <laughs> song. This song was... I think it was another big hit. It had a music video and... I know you didn't watch the music video, because why yeah, would sure you? Do. I don't <laughs> watch any music videos. I know that you have seen Lord of the Rings now, so you know who Elijah Wood is. Not that you wouldn't if you hadn't <laughs> seen Lord of the Rings, but you definitely know who he is now. Yeah, I'm aware Eli- of who Elijah Wood is. Elijah Wood is in this music video, and I was wondering yeah. why. And it's because he owns a production company like a music production company called huh. Simeon Records I believe and they co-produced this album and he's in the music video for same old same old drag well, so, there you go Elijah good on you yeah. yeah rock on it's pretty pretty cool fun fact for you right there it is it's the funnest fact we've had on any album I think so far <laughs> it's probably That's the cool. only yeah we we don't really have fun facts <laughs> Maybe we should start having fun facts. Starting now, fun fact. Fun fact. Every track has to have a fun fact. <laughs> oh shit, dude! We got like twenty more fun facts to come up with. <laughs> yep, and not a lot of time. Uh, this track has some some strong like piano chords that kind of give away to like some organs and and like a very plucky staccato guitar riff. Yeah, uh, definitely. Dude, this is I think the last time that I would specifically call out the British rock feel because like every track on this album. Yeah, it has that kind of feel to it for me. Definitely, um, this track specifically introduces a character that that is named Joni. Mm-hmm. She she is presumably a person, a, a friend of the singer, or at least an alias for a friend of the singer. And lyrically in this track, it it seems like Joni is going on a soul searching adventure to get away from her boring everyday life yeah and this is where i kind of connected back to skyway maybe that that person that was so gung-ho and so focused on getting somewhere else is Joni. yeah i think so too it seems like Joni's having a bad time with life she's stuck in a rut and her like you said the rut it's probably because she's just going on her skyway and she yeah. needs to kind of break free from the routine change up the scenery and just get out of there. She and just needs to do Joni for a while. Yeah, definitely. But I will say, <clears throat> this song, it has probably the most like 
catchy little that staccato guitar riff you're talking about, it gets yeah. stuck in my head all the time. <laughs> it's like yeah, I like oh, it. It's just I, I like that kind so, of like there's something about it. Guitar. But yeah, it's uh, I don't know. Like musically for me, it's it's more of the same. Like you said, it's you get a Brit pop influence almost on every song. So once outside of a few songs, I guess once what? you kind of hear the first few songs, you kind of know what you're signing up for. And if if you like it, awesome. It's not. It's a great sound. I think. But... Yeah, it, <laughs> I, I stopped writing about that because like as some of my notes as we get further into the album are going to be less and less replete about the music because it, it, it they have a very specific style and they stick with it for the most part yeah and, and it's not a bad thing a lot a lot of bands kind of develop a sound and, and run with it this clearly wasn't their first album they've had time to develop the sound and this is yeah. what they're going for and as such there's not a lot of interesting deviation yeah, uh, to to not discussion worthy at the very least. In my yeah, opinion. yeah, and like I said earlier, I think this is the sound that they were working towards this whole right. time. So I mean, their first album came out in '95. I think they were working towards this for 12 years, and then came out with it. And because this is their second to last actual album, I think they had like a compilation album in between those two. But yeah, they were about done, I guess, with their sound at that point. Cool. Well, you don't got to worry about them. I'm sure they're doing fine, and I don't think Joni needs to worry either. Yeah, jo- if there's one person that doesn't need to worry, it's Joni, because uh, <laughs> she's got a whole song telling her not to worry. This next yeah, song? track six. <clears throat> Joni, Joni, don't you don't worry. worry. It's uh, yeah. It, it kind of starts off this little thing that happens on this album, where there's just like these little tiny snippets just thrown in there. Yeah. That's the reason there's 24 tracks is because there's just these little, like, I think this song's like 40 seconds long or something. And it's uh, maybe not even that. It's just Robert Schneider on a vocoder. I think, I guess it's a vocoder. Just saying, Joni, don't you worry, singing it to her over a little, like, drum beat type thing. There's not even really any instruments. Very minimal. There there is, like, uh, a bass line in it. But like Mm -hmm. you said, I I think it's just Rob... Robert, does he go by? I'm going to call him Rob. He, he, he it, it just sounds like it's him in the background, bow, bow, yeah. bow, or whatever. Yeah, He's kind of making these noises. See, I would call him Rob, but uh, his last name is Schneider. So if you call yeah, him Rob Schneider, <laughs> <laughs> he, it's it's not that not Rob Schneider. Same. Not the same. But he's still like, a Rob Schneider. He is a Rob heart. Schneider. Yeah, for sure. He's the Rob Schneider in my heart. <laughs> there you go. But yeah, like you said, it, it's just kind of kind of Rob reassuring Joni that that in the long run everything's gonna be all right. She can she yeah. can go and do her thing, and she'll she'll figure it out. Yeah, and uh, but the next song, I don't have a sub. I I almost said I don't have a subway. Yeah, I don't have a subway uh, either. <laughs> I haven't been to subway in months, man. <laughs> I don't have a segue for this next song because uh, I don't know what a sundle is. But this next song is called Sundle Song. You didn't research and, uh, it? No, I mean, I did. I tried to. Sundle yeah. is like a province in, I think, like Norway or one of the Nordic countries. Okay. So I don't 
But I don't think that has anything to do with this song. <laughs> I mean, maybe it does. I don't. I don't know, man. This song, it like, I don't know. I I think it has a summery vibe, but I don't know what my summer is compared to other people's summer. So, yeah. Like, I think it has a summery vibe. It kind of gives me like there's these ringy guitars. It's talking about the sun shining and the moon shining. It just it gets me. It's me in the summers, right? You know. Yeah. Right, right in the summer. Right, right. This is also the first song on the album that has a female vocalist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I didn't look into who it was, but the the voice again making another connection to another band. Uh, she she sounds a bit like Freeze Pop's singer. I don't I don't know if people listen to a whole lot of Freeze Pop, but uh, listen to a little bit. Just, just her voice and her the the way she delivers her lines kind of gives mm-hmm. me that the the Liz enthusiasm vibe. Who's the singer for yeah. Freeze Pop? Well, her name is not Liz Enthusiasm. Liz Enthusiasm. That's yeah. not that's not this this person. It is her name is Hillary Sidney. And okay. uh, she was previously married to Robert Schneider, but okay. I think they divorced before this album came out. But even more important, she was also one of the co founders of the Elephant Six. So sure. I mean it makes she, sense. Yeah, so she's pretty cool, and I like this song. It's uh, it's just kind of bright. It's kind of nice. Talking about sunlight, talking about moonlight. I don't know if it's talking about anything in particular, because yeah, it's so. It, it this track specifically stood out to me because the lyrics aren't as simple, mm-hmm. I suppose, as a lot of the other ones. Which I mean, I'm sure she wrote the lyrics for it. If she is the yeah. one singing it, uh, and, and that would explain why it has such a different feel to the the lyric writing of it. It's mm-hmm. very like descriptive. Yeah, like, she, she talks a lot of describing scenery, which is something that you'd expect from like an old novelist that, that's yeah. kind of like setting the scene for something. Um, but the vibe that I got out of it is that it, it seems to be about remembering the good times and not dwelling mm-hmm. on the bad times as much. And there's a lot of talk about moonlight, which I think is a prominent source of the metaphoric and the literal light in the darkness kind of a thing. Yeah. Which uh, is, is again, I, th- I think part of the theme that ties through also because this is a female singer, maybe I looked too far into this, but I thought that it could possibly be written from Joni's perspective. Yeah. And this is Joni going on her journey and trying to like remind herself that like there, there's there's going to be there's we've had good times in the past. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to worry about all the bad things. I'm not going to worry about the things that set me off on this journey. But but things will get better. Yeah, I definitely also got the the vibe that it's from Joni's perspective. Part of like her descriptiveness in this song makes me think of a photograph, like an old photograph of like a beam of light almost. And I know this yeah. it sounds too specific. But like the, one of the lyrics, I think it's like entire paths of light encircle me and try to pin me down. It just made me think of somebody in like almost like a spotlight, but it's like the sun is shining directly on them while every, right. like the bad things are around them. And you like take a picture and there's like dust floating in the light. It's like just so crisp that it's, I don't know, you just see it and you're like, okay, but this this was the time whenever the light was shining on you and you can remember it now, even though everything else was bad, you can see this. And I don't know. It's yeah, no, that, that pretty much lines up with exactly what I got. 
So, so far, so good. We're making we're making a narrative for this album that a may little or may bit. not have been intended. Yeah, if uh, if only we had just a, you know what? No, Droplet is the next song. I was, <laughs> shit. I was waiting for it, man. You should have just went with it. I should have, but I was gonna say if we had. Like a droplet of something, but I couldn't think of what there would be a droplet of. I mean, this next just song. a droplet of a droplet of direction. Droplet of direction, alliteration. You know, directed oh, droplet shit. could be a, yeah. a band name. Yeah, there we go. That's our band name. <laughs> oh, well, we can't act. We have to cut that out now because we can't have our band associated with this. That way, they, the people no, have the aha our goal. Every episode, we need to say that. Oh yeah, that's our band name. That way, it's, we're just going to oversaturate. People aren't going to believe us when we do say it. And then, boom, we'll release an album. And it's going to be one random one that we've said over the past. Or, or hear me out on this. We write a shit ton of songs and release an album as all of the bands. Yeah. At the same time, release all yes. of them. On the it's same a compilation band. album. We, we just, we got it. We got a copyright, like. 15 different band names (laughs) and say it's a big collaboration project between all 15 bands. Hell yeah. Then people will be like, there's no way it was just them doing all that. (laughs) Yeah. It'll make us seem more impressive. (laughs) Droplet is a very simple, uh, little piano interlude. It's it's another one of the shorter tracks. It's 14 seconds long. And it, it it sounds like someone's just kind of doodling around with a melody and, and kind of workshopping it and saying what they, what they feel is right. Uh, yeah. And they change the key of it at the very end for, for a couple of strums and just kind of not strums, but like <laughs> chords. plinks strums, good old piano strums. <laughs> I mean, there's a string in a piano that's being hit that's by true. something. So you could that's strum true. a piano. That's it's, true. But I, I doubt that's what they were doing. <laughs> you're not wrong. <laughs> Uh, the next track, track nine, play tough. This one, maybe more so than all the other ones, felt like a Beatles track to me. Yeah, it's really got that that really like British Beatles feel. Okay, I get, I do, I still get the Britpop feel. There's some songs on this album that remind me of the Beach Boys, and parts of this album or parts of this song remind me of like a Beach Boys song. Sure. I think it's mainly the falsetto, like vocals and like he kind of has the backing vocals with this nice i don't know the guitar that comes in kind of like i don't want to say it's ringy because that sounds annoying like if you hear a ringing guitar it's It's like droning yeah but it's it just makes me think of like a beach boys song okay we 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 can we can both be right and both be wrong Mm -hmm. it's fine it's it's the beatles boys (laughs) yes the beat the the beachles Beachels. Yeah, I like that more. I like that more, actually. <laughs> the lyrics on this one were a bit harder for me to to nail down, mm-hmm. but it, it's clear, clearly there was a breakup. Yeah. At least I, I think that's what I got out of it, is that there was a breakup on a Saturday. He's, he says something about yeah, like yeah. Saturday being a bad day to break up. But yeah. uh, the, the music kind of feels contrasting to me, mm-hmm. and that it, it sounds fairly like happy and up, up up tempo well not up tempo necessarily but like it, it it feels more major key happy kind of a kind of a deal despite the fact that he, he's having this breakup yeah that i don't know that kind of 
that I noticed that too, and it gives me a little bit of a thought that like whoever the guy who is who is being sung as by Robert Schneider on this album, <clears throat> I think he just never gets sad because like yeah. <laughs> he this it whole song, like I guess Joni's leaving. That's kind of what I gathered. Yeah. Or maybe he's leaving Joni. Well, I guess Joni would have to be leaving him, considering he doesn't want to break up on a Saturday. But it's right. he doesn't. He's not choosing it. So, but yeah, I think Joni's leaving, doing her own thing. She realized that she needs to break out of the same old drag, and maybe this guy was part of the same old drag or something. But yeah, he doesn't seem to give a shit. So yeah, he he literally could not care less because. Uh, <laughs> He'll look outside and shit, the sun's out. The sun yeah. is out. The sun is out. Is uh, track 10. Track 10. <laughs> That's that was good. That was a good one. I honestly, like, <laughs> if I wasn't looking at the track listing, I, I wouldn't have even realized the, that that was happening. Cha 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 cha. Good. 10 out of 10 for track number 10. Sun is out. This one has a, a bit more of like a rougher lo fi intro to it. Mm-hmm. It sounds like it could be like a demo or yeah. something. Um, and it has some like there's there's a tone like a pinging noise yeah. in it that I the only thing that was triggering in my brain from that is like a digital door chime like you're walking into some like store somewhere and goes ding doo yeah and that that's kind of what my my brain went to and it, it's kind of nostalgic for some reason maybe it's just because we've been trapped indoors for so long that I've, I've forgotten what that sounds like when, when you walk in somewhere, or is it just that people don't use those, those door chimes anymore in stores? It reminds me of, uh, a drugstore that used to be yeah. around, like around where I currently live that is no more and was bought <laughs> out by a big chain drugstore. I guess not a big chain, but like a, a chain drugstore. Yeah. And whenever I would always walk in there back in high school, it'd be like, ding, ding. but I get kind of a chiptune vibe. Like there's part of that sound that reminds me specifically of some songs by I fight dragons. I don't know. If I've you... not listened to them. Okay. I, I'm aware of who they are. Yeah. But I've not listened to them. Like there's just a sound. Cause it's like an acoustic guitar during this lo-fi part. It's there's like an acoustic guitar and this little dinging sound, but it's, I like it. And I, I think they do the lo-fi to signify, I guess, what could be construed as his sadness, but it's still just, it's not bad. He, like, meets somebody, like, in this little, because he's, like, he's asking somebody to come over, and it's like, hey, we'll take a ride downtown, and then it bursts into the fully produced song again. Right. Yeah, it's, 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 like, it's an acoustic piece for the most part, it has some very annoying, in my opinion, like recorder or flute. <laughs> plays at, at parts. I, I, I really don't like it. I think the song would have been better without it. But uh, yeah, it, they, they kind of it kicks into the song, and then it, it kind of falls apart. Like they they performed it in one take and just said, yeah, yeah, that's good enough, yep. kind of a thing. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm not and super especially yeah, I I like it for the feeling that it gives. Because the end of it kind of gives me a jangly feel that I get from certain, like, Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zero songs. Ah, and, yes. Uh, One of my favorite bands <laughs> that I've totally listened to. 
people though, they're they're a pretty big band. Like I, I think I think they are. Aren't they? They had that home song that people like in forty. Never heard of them in my life. <laughs> oh, okay. Shit. Okay. Well, it's it's a very jangly, big like ah ha- happy whatever type band. That that would probably be, probably be why I haven't heard of them. I don't do happy music. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I didn't hear. I didn't find them on my own. Somebody had showed them to me, and I was like, you know, that's that's fine. That's perfectly. <laughs> acceptable music and then i eventually liked it <laughs> yeah but, but, but yeah. as you're saying it, it seems seems like the the guy is kind of just bored uh he, he's broken up he's single and he's just kind of like well i'm just gonna hang out maybe maybe go for a drive if someone comes by we'll yeah just kind of kind of exist and yeah those whistles are full on like I, by the end of the song he's like yeah whatever i don't give yeah. two shits but Okay, so I I I want to get into this next song. <laughs> is it a song or is it just a non-Pythagorean composition? One non-Pythagorean <laughs> composition. One. Thank you very much. Track number eleven. <laughs> uh, we're not quite at the halfway. It's another short song, kind of interlude yeah. thing. It's very synthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it sounds like it's just a bunch of dial tones that that are just like ringing. I. I'm not crazy about this one. You're not okay. Well, let me give you let me give you a little learning, a little book learning about okay. this. Educate me, senpai. So, Robert Schneider has a PhD doctorate in mathematics. Please call and, him Rob. Uh, <laughs> Rob Schneider. Doctor Rob, I guess. Doctor Rob has a PhD in <laughs> mathematics, and used some sort of mathematics to create the non-Pythagorean scale, which sure. is the scale that he used to compose this composition. Yeah. And, uh, I, and it makes it, me think that maybe people should just stick to Pythagorean compositions. <laughs> <laughs> no, they shouldn't. Cause they sound terrible, <laughs> but that's <laughs> watch a bunch of YouTube videos about <laughs> like just intonation and that type yeah. of stuff. And then, then you'll understand where I'm coming from. I don't understand any of it. I don't know anything about music, but I I know I've watched YouTube videos on it. So (laughs) I'm an expert, I guess. Exactly. But yeah, nobody knows your background. If they're listening to this, well, I guess the chances are pretty high. If someone's listening to this, they'll know at least one of our backgrounds for now, but you know, 10 years down the road, we're fucking 5,000 episodes in. (laughs) No one's going to know who you are, but everyone's going to know who you are. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'll probably be a figment of somebody's imagination at that point. Who knows? Maybe yeah, probably I'll, Lola's. Yeah, Lola's. I'll just stop by and say hello, Lola, because hello, uh, Lola. that's hello, Lola. <laughs> See, this is the start of the second half of the album. Yeah, track, track 12. twelve. Hello, Lola. Hello, Lola. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's 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 an interlude track, sixteen yeah. seconds long. It's just a it's just Rob Dr. Rob Agonopus, uh, <laughs> just, just kind of singing Hello Lola and with with a vocoder on. Yep. And I think this I don't know, because Joni's gone. I guess he met Lola. Like that's why he's saying hello to her. So now the second half is the Lola half of the album or something. I can dig it. That's that's For what sure. my that's what my headcanon is that I just invented. Yeah, that may be. We'll see if we, we have some conflicting 
dialogue later on. But, uh, I think I think that makes sense. I really didn't put any thought into this track at all. It's like, oh, that's cool. It, sound, it sounds cool. I like it. No, yeah. no, no, I didn't. I didn't think for a second like Lola. That's that's a character now. <laughs> but maybe I should have, and I would have a totally different take on this album. Maybe a more accurate take on this album. <laughs> but uh, it's, I guess you're just gonna have to give me a rating of zero out of five stars. You know what? Five's boring. Let's do zero out of seven stars. Well, you know what? If I'm giving you a rating, it's gonna be seven stars. Aw. How sweet. That's track 13. <laughs> Seven stars. Yeah, it's, it's again, stars, like, like I mentioned, which I, I totally glossed over. We talked about a song called The Sun Is Out, which the sun, again, more imagery from, from the sky. Now we're on to the stars. So maybe that's also the turning point. Well, I guess that doesn't really make sense. I was going to say maybe they're going from talking about the sun to talking about the, the nighttime meeting mm-hmm. the stars and stuff, but they also talked about the moon on the first half, so we're just, just going to act like I didn't say any of that. No, but but it's recorded, Jeremy. We can't act like it... You can't act like you didn't say any of this. We're not, we're not recording this. We're just talking. Seven Stars, it, it's got some cool, like, spacey effects on the guitars, which makes sense for a song called Seven Stars. It's it's kind of like... it's it the, the chorus has some, some fuzzy guitars that I like, and more vocoders. I really like the use of the vocoder on this album. Mm-hmm. It's very, it's very appealing to me, and I don't know if that's just because of my background. Like, I'm a big fan of Daft Punk, and they've they've done a bit of that oh, stuff, yeah. and I, I enjoy vocal effects in general. But I, I, th- I think it's it's a fun little touch added to a lot of this album. You know what? I'm gonna have to agree with you there because uh, I just I don't know. I like stuff like that. I like vocal modulation. I like vocoder work. I like how he often just layers the modulated vocals as the backing vocals that he's using. It's just the way he does it. I mean, he doesn't do it in this song, but he does it in other songs. Maybe he does it in this song and I just don't know. I don't know. (laughs) But yeah, it's a cool spacey track. Yeah. I like this song. It's uh, I'm not going to talk too long on it because it's like musically, it's a lot of the same, but I don't know. It's just, I guess to tie in with the whole meeting Lola thing, it makes me think this song has always made me think of like a feeling that I've had before where you just kind of meet someone and it's just like, you just, I don't know, you meet somebody, you instantly like hit it off. And then all of a sudden you're like two States away doing some crazy shit. And you're just like, how did I end up here? I guess we're just doing this stuff. And you don't know anything about this person. And you're just, you're just like, well, I guess we're just hanging out. Like you're having a good time, but like you, as it's happening, you're just kind of like, I'm just going and doing whatever. Like, okay, we're going to go do this. Oh, that sounds fun. Let's go to like, I don't know. It just sounds like there's not a lot of thought. It, to me, it, it felt like he was singing about how people and relationships are devolving into, to something kind of impersonal or at least in, in that, that the context of his character the relationship that he's in now, I guess with Lola was, was very like distant. Then there, there wasn't like a true connection. They were just kind of existing together, doing things together. And it's very interesting to me. I had to look up the year that this album came, w- was written and produced in, because if I had not known that it was written in 2007 or at least released in 2007, I would say that the song could pass off as being about smartphones, distracting really? people 
from forming real relationships. Everyone, because he he talks about like, let me, let me see if I can. I didn't quote any lyrics here, but like he talks about not even knowing a person's names. He said yeah. we're so distracted now, which like I, I don't know. I feel like it's very apt for like a lot of younger people and even people our age, honestly, that mm-hmm. are just so like involved in their phones when they're out in public, when they're, when they're hanging out with friends, when they're with their, their significant other, that they, they, there's not a lot of real connection happening in the physical world. Yeah. I can see this that. This album came out before smartphones were a thing. So did they 2007? Was that smartphones? I, mean, it, I feel like no, I they were was. not nearly as big as they are now at the very least. 2007. I didn't have a smartphone. I mean, I didn't. Yeah. I really. think I probably had a flip phone. Maybe, maybe a slide phone. But I don't think yeah. I had a phone at that point in time. I, I I was a late bloomer. I was a very late bloomer. I still had I had that little sidekick thing up until I was like nineteen or something. The little like yeah. you slide it, whatever. Yeah, I loved my. I had, I had an LG Neon. That oh, was nice. a nice slide phone. I really like it. Hell yeah. But I, this, I want slide phones to come back. By the way, too. I know we're derailing. I I would love to have a tactile keyboard on a phone for, for once and Could don't you, fucking don't hit me with this fucking Blackberry bullshit. I want no, an actual yeah. like keyboard. Well, cause a Blackberry is, it is bullshit because it's attached. <laughs> you can't cover it. Like what? Yeah. It's just on there. Slide. It was perfect. Cause you had the whole screen and you could touch the screen. You could touch the screen and it shook when you touched the screen and it was just so nice. Then you slide <laughs> it up and it's like, Oh shit, I got a full keyboard. I got the function button so I can do like, I can, do all this yeah. other stuff. I don't know. It's great. It's nice. I still have technology. One. Technology, man. It evolves too fast. Sometimes I think such to the point where I think it's, it's evolved past the Mellotron one. And I think we need to have a <laughs> Mellotron two. And I think we do because I like Mellotron two even more than Mellotron one. I it's, do as well. Okay, cool, cool, cool. But then I can, I can continue being your friend. It's, okay. Uh, it's well, just... I appreciate that that we're continuing this this newly formed friendship and not just starting one and ending it with the same album. Wouldn't that be some shit? I mean, it's probably happened before. Somebody's like, "Oh yeah, I like this album." Hey, you like this album? Yeah, I like it. And then they like it for completely different reasons, and they're like, "No, I I don't like you anymore," or something. Yeah, I don't know. So that's probably happened that's at us. least once. Not not us though. But this it's it's just a little groovier, like. We're, we're, we've already talked longer about this song than the song actually is. So <laughs> yeah, That's very true. If we don't hurry up, we're going to be doing it's, some shit all the way on fine. Sunday. We're going to be, it's, it's, it's going to be all the way over to Sunday sounding like it's a super long podcast. Because <laughs> it is. Track 15, <laughs> Sunday, Sunday Sounds. sounds. Then, and, the uh, female vocalist returns on this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's kind of less prominent though. Like she's mixed out and echoey, which yeah. uh, I, I think is interesting. It, it makes her sound distant, which tying in with with this Lola thing that is that, that I did not consider at all makes sense because if the female vocalist was Joni's voice, now that the the protagonist is moving on with Lola, he he's getting these flashbacks maybe. Uh, or remembering Joni, or maybe Joni's trying to reach back out to him, but mm-hmm. it, it's distant and he's not really like focusing on it. Yeah. See, I kind of thought, cause some of the lyrics were just 
like in the chorus, how could we ever leave here? How could we let it go? I never learned to sleep there. That's why we let it go. Like it kind of makes me think that Joni is like thinking like maybe what they had was good. And she was like, I was just so stuck in my own ways that I didn't realize what was going on. And it's, I'm going, I'm going to go with your version of seven stars where it's like relationships devolving. So this guy is probably thinking the same thing over here with Lola, just not even, he does. How did, how can he say hello, Lola? Because he doesn't even know her name. Right. But yeah, it's like, I think it's kind of a, I get a sense of regret. Yeah. And, And hear me out here. I put on your conspiracy caps. This song made me think that there might be a metaphorical connection with all of the talk of the stars and the moonlight and the sunlight and all of these celestial bodies that give light instead of being literal and, and talking about those things. Mm-hmm. It, I, I get the feeling that potentially maybe I'm just look, reading too far into this, that it's referencing city life. Like all of the lights in the city are, are just bright and constantly, constantly there at night. And with, if Joni moved from like a rural area to mm-hmm. a city and the song is, is talking the, the female voice is talking about like the city's being quiet and full of ghosts mm-hmm. uh, and full of people that are just kind of existing. And it's not really what she wanted. Uh, I think the lyrics, the lyrics I, I decided to say soon comes the summer. So ghosts can leave the city for a while. It comes to life and the sunlight goes a thousand miles, meaning that like maybe as people are leaving the city, and it's it's a bit more empty. She can see more clearly through like the facade of the city, and and maybe the sunlight is, is like kind of a natural side of it back in in her rural thing, kind of like the the Nana Grizzle album. Yeah, right? maybe maybe it's not necessarily a metaphor, but a parallel connecting distant people. Yeah. Whereas there there's the protagonist of the album, the male who is living in one place in the world. And then Joni is living in this other place and they're, they're kind of both experiencing different sides of the same thing that, that I don't, I don't know. It, she, it, it's like she moved because I, I didn't think about Lola being a character. I, I felt like Joni had moved away into a city expecting to find herself and then kind of realizes once she's there that she doesn't really like the city life and she misses the natural sunlight kind of from the countryside. I like that. I like that a whole lot. Cause, uh, there was part of me originally, this was long ago, like probably a few years ago. I kind of like got the picture that this was like a post-apocalyptic situation where like she was in this, in a city that had not had people in it for a very long time. And it was like thinking about kind of the destruction of man. But I don't, like, I don't think, especially given the discussion we've had now, I don't, that doesn't work. But, like, what you said makes a lot of sense, especially considering the way the song opens, the lyrics are, this city's silence, it screams in ways I never even dreamed. I want to walk to the other side and feel the breeze. Like, she's, yeah. the city, it, it hit her in ways that she never even imagined, and now she wants to go back. Yeah, and and maybe that's again maybe this this is from Joni's perspective. We've moved on to the second half of the album, but it's kind of giving us like, hey, what's what's Joni up to? 
while yeah. the protagonist is living his his new life with Lola. What what is what is she going through? And so it kind of cuts to her, and she's you know she's very far away, not having a great time still, <laughs> and kind of regretting her decisions perhaps. Poor Joni. Kind of, I don't know. Kind of. <laughs> it's hard not to feel bad for her. like she she's a person yeah. she fucked up she she she's doing some soul searching mayhaps and maybe she burned some bridges she shouldn't have but but you know it's fine it happens yeah it's it's fine now she can look back on it with open eyes track 16 open eyes <laughs> there's I, I like the guitars on this one uh, yeah there there's some strings i can't tell if they're synth strings or if they're like actual strings judging by the rest of the album they're probably synth strings that's but, yeah uh, I, don't know. I figured I like it. it it's it's one of my favorites i guess i don't know i hate saying one of my favorites because there's a lot of songs that i really like like i didn't mention it i like seven stars a lot maybe i mentioned it i don't know but it's like i don't know i have a lot of songs that i really like this is one of them yeah it, it like it's interesting in that it's a fairly like standard song. And then before the last chorus, it changes a bit and gets really like spacey and, and dissonant. Uh, and then the chorus comes back in and, and pulls it all back together before finishing yeah. the song. And just the way it finishes with those strings, it's just, it's just a nice little touch. I like, I don't know. It gives me a very, like you've been constantly, not constantly talking about Britpop. I guess constantly. We both like, it's just a theme on this album, but yeah. When, when I think of Britpop, I think of like older, I guess, right? Maybe like '90s or something. But like the strings on the end of this give me like a '2000s Britpop vibe, like something about it. Okay, maybe maybe it's just maybe it's just because of like the Verve that one song that they did, where they <laughs> yeah. took that Rolling Stones orchestral sample or something. But I don't know. Yeah. Were they even a Britpop band? Were they from Britain? I don't know. I don't know. They seem like they should be. Yeah, I, I would believe it if you told me that they were. So just tell well, me. I'm telling you. I'll say yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> cool. I didn't know that they were British. That's cool. That's a fun fact. <laughs> fun fact! <laughs> this track, uh, lyrically, was, a was I, I don't know, I felt like it was a bit more convoluted. And mm-hmm. I felt like I was missing something. He talks about staring into the sun and not realizing that you were blinding yourself and then contrasts that with the experience of being old and hiding from the cold. So I kind of think that the sun could be a metaphor for the city at this point, implying mm-hmm. that his friend was always wanting to go to the city by staring at the sun and yeah. never really thought why or thought what it meant. Uh, his friend being Joni. Uh, then when Joni moves to the city and, and grows old, she kind of realizes, or maybe not grows old, but like she, she's existed in the city for some time and realizes that it was a mistake and wanted to kind of come back to the country, which very similar to what I said for the last track. But I, I think it's kind of more along those lines, maybe from his perspective of like what she's doing with her life. See, in this headcanon, the, she's staring at the sun and not realizing her, she's blinding herself. I I agree with you there about Joni wanting the city, not realizing she's probably on her skyway, not taking advice from other people whenever she thought about moving to the city. And she just yeah. wasn't wasn't paying attention to what other people saying, and she just went in not realizing. But then the old being old and hiding from the cold. That makes of other people who don't take the risks 
Like that's true. They're they're hiding from things that could potentially harm them because and they, they're letting that fear keep them in a yeah. very like boring old cold place. Yeah, there's no excitement there. I mean, there's plenty of excitement everywhere. You just gotta look for it. Crimson, track seventeen. It's uh, it's another shorter track. Seventeen seconds. It's it's very like, I don't know. It gives me a Christmassy feel because there's some like yeah. organs, there's some bells, and then there's like this sleigh bell kind of thing or a tambourine, and it, yeah, it just kind of like evokes the feeling of of hearing Christmas music for me. Yeah, I, I feel that same way. All it's just like a bunch of big bells, like you're walking into a church or something. But it's yeah, it doesn't sound churchy. I guess, but it's just the instruments that they're using are churchy. Yeah, I agree. Not that I've been in a church in a very long time. (laughs) Yeah, but it it fades into pre-Crimson, which doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, me either. Crimson comes after Crimson. What's up with that? You need to write Dr. Dr. Rob Daganapus (laughs) a strongly worded letter and ask him about it. Maybe this album's meant to be played backwards. There you go. Maybe maybe this is a story about Joni coming back to to the countryside after being being away forever. Maybe, maybe you, you play it you play it one way, like you play it from start to finish, and then you reverse it and play it finish to start, and it's just a full circle. You know what? I like that. Now I just need to buy the audio equipment to be able to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pre crimson. It, it has some like interesting sound effects that sound like wind chimes and some like hollow mm-hmm. like woodblock tapping sounds. It's very like ambient. And quiet experience, which Definitely. I think it was a nice break from the album. Yeah, and then uh, probably the most self-explanatory <laughs> song title <laughs> for uh, the next what was it? Track nineteen is that what? Track, yep, a vocoder Baba. It is literally just Doctor Rob on a vocoder going Baba. Yeah, for Baba. Kind of having fun playing around with yeah. a vocoder. I don't blame him. Yeah. It's cool as heck. I'd do that if I was him. If I had a vocoder, if I had the ability to do that, I would, I'd probably spend most of my time just doing that. <laughs> just going ba, ba, ba. Yep. Uh, radiation is track 20. We're, we're getting mm-hmm. through this. I, I apologize. We, we knew it was a long album going in, had a lot of tracks. We're going to try and, try and, yeah. maybe, I, I mean, our last, our last episode was pretty long too. We're, we're not going to dwell on it. Radiation. Back to the more typical songs uh, mm-hmm. for this album. I do like there's a chirping sound effect that they get that, that comes in a few times on this track that that's appealing to me for, for yeah. some reason. It's weird how those like it's just like a little thing will catch you because I always yeah. feel weird saying that like in stuff like this where I'm like ooh that that little staccato guitar riff or that little like that wind chimey sound that's going on back there that whatever. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, what kind of fucking weirdo? Yeah, you're not I? alone. Cause I have the same <laughs> thoughts and I'm sure there are people out there that, that feel the same way. So we're, we're, we're just not vocal, but we are now cause we had a podcast. We are the most vocal that we can be right now. I think. Yeah. If, yeah, that's, I think that's about as vocal as I could be outside of just opening my window while I'm doing this and having my neighbors hear me. <laughs> screaming, <laughs> screaming every word. Uh, but yeah, the song Radiation, it seems to be another song about distracting from what's real. He, he talks about not being able to just stand still 
and mm-hmm. talks about doing things without thinking why you're doing them, which is vague enough to cover a lot of the songs on the album, I think. Yeah. But it also seems to be about his friend, Joni, perhaps deciding to leave the city and return home in my head canon. Yeah. So this, this is Joni's kind of deciding to come back kind of a deal. Yeah. I always thought of the radiation that, cause he's just, I mean, the song is called radiation. He's constantly saying there's too much radiation and, I've always thought of the radiation as like the influence of kind of society, I guess, like the corruption seeping into your mind and it would work perfectly that she went to the city. What, what, or if if Joni went to this post-apocalyptic city where nobody was living, it had been wiped out by a nuke. There's a lot of radiation. Exactly. Perfect. You know what? I'm going back to, (laughs) I'm going back to like 17 year old me theory. That's what it was. Yeah. We're all 17-year-olds in our mind. No. Uh, I think they did a study, and it was like you stop at, like, early 20s. or twenty, you, Like, you stay, like, at 22 forever. It, although, Look, I guess... I'm not here to judge someone, because no matter how old you are, or, or what walk of life you come from, you're still a beautiful machine. Yes. Yes, you <laughs> are, Jeremy. You <laughs> absolutely you are. <laughs> You absolute unit of a beautiful machine. It's that's all we are. Parts one and two is track twenty one. Parts three and four is twenty two. We'll get there when we get there. Okay. Yeah. So after after one and two, we got it. Yeah, just don't even worry about it. The way numbers work most of the time. (laughs) Except for oh wait, those aren't numbers. I was about to say except for crimson and pre crimson, but those aren't numbers. So (laughs) (laughs) accurate, but uh, yeah. So beautiful machine parts one and two, it's a bit more upbeat than, or at least the the first part of it, presumably part one is a bit more upbeat than a lot of the album. And then Mm -hmm. towards the end of this track, which I'm guessing is part two, it slows down and gets more of like an acoustic vibe. Yeah. It's uh yeah. The fast part at the beginning, it is probably like, I guess the fastest, most upbeat song on the album. And that's part one. Uh, It's kind of talking. It seems to be maybe I I don't know if it's (laughs) the guy talking about Joni from her perspective, but it's still him talking about her. Right. Or if it's just so esoteric that it's talking about like he is talking about Joni and it's. Joni has realized that she knows herself better than anyone else. And that's why she had to get out of whatever situation she was in. Like she knows herself the best. Cause it's talking about, you know, nobody knows you better. Like, I don't know. I, I don't like know. that theory. I, I had no good theory. He, <laughs> he was like paralyzed in your bed. You close your eyes, ciphers red, you lose your head, stuff like that. So, like, the only vibe that I got out of it was, was that he was, it sounded like he was just talking about s- sleep paralysis and <laughs> night terrors and, like, not not being able to, like, wake up from from this dream kind of a deal. I could get that. I but in I, part I, two, like, yeah. he, 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 it's, it's a bit more easy for me to understand it. It seemed like he he was talking about Joni just being a beautiful person and, and having yeah. a beautiful disease, which I, I thought was interesting that both, maybe I looked too much into this, but both statements, he, he calls her a beautiful machine and a beautiful disease, which kind of describe her as being unnatural. 
yeah. potentially to contrast the themes of nature and the rest of the album and to, to kind of further show the contrast between city and rural life. Yeah. I've always got that. Cause uh, I don't know this song parts one, two, three, and four are my favorite on the album. Hands okay. down. Like I'm just, I'm just going to go ahead and say it, but uh, like this specific part two, which is the, you have a beautiful disease. You're a beautiful machine. That's part two. It like resonates with me so hard because it like not necessarily with him talking about Joni, but like just in general, it feels like whenever you, I guess, find a person in your life outside of even like a relationship or just like you'll just meet a person occasionally, whether they be a friend or just like a person. Just a stranger. Yeah, just a, some just somebody. There's certain people that I feel like you meet in life that feel like out of place, but like in a good way, I yeah. guess. Like you, it feels like, kind of like you have to like take a step back and just admire the fact that this person exists kind of a thing. Yeah, definitely. And it's, I don't know. It's just this. I don't, I don't know. I, I could gush for a little while, but the song's only two and a half minutes long. <laughs> so I'll, I'll, I'll let that be that. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think we, it's, it's a cool feeling slash experience when you encounter someone like that. And it, it, in my mind makes me kind of like, feel like, what is it like for them? Is, is, what is, what is the person like that would make that person be like, wow, you're like, you're totally different from everyone else I've ever seen in such a specific way that, that I'm just fascinated by it. I agree. And maybe I'll ask one of those people one day. Well, you got two more parts to do. So we're on beautiful machine parts three and four track 22, as previously mentioned. Uh, it, it continues from obviously the, the prior track, but it, it's like continuously mixed to where it's yeah. basically one longer song, just split into to two, two tracks. Yeah. Um, it's a bit slower and spacier than the first two parts. It's got some mm-hmm. nice horns in it. Um, and I'm not sure if I got the right segmenting of it, but there's only lyrics in parts in part three. Yes. And once the lyrics stop, then the rest of the song is part four. Yeah, that's kind of how I've always viewed it. Because it sounds like, I don't know, so there was, part one was fast and upbeat, and then it slowed down with kind of this strumming acoustic guitar for part two, and then it kind of gets spacier and slower of the same strumming pattern for part three, and then it breaks down for part four, kind of. Yeah. But this song right here, like I said, parts one, two, three, and four are my favorite on the the album, hands, Hands Down. Beautiful Machine parts three and four are a, they're in like a separate tier. Like this song, yeah. this song specifically just hit me extremely hard the first time I listened to it. I, I had like the perfect setting to listen to it. I had like just everything was lined up great. It was one I'm of those jealous. nights. I, I It was just, I was like 14, maybe 15, I think. No, I was probably 14. But I was just laying, it was early morning, I hadn't slept yet, it was like four, and I was just laying down listening to this, and it was just super spacey, and just the lyrics to the song, there are eight lines in this 
in this song. And just, it, it, I think it made me a better person because <laughs> the first two lines are, oh, don't you know it's right to be self-aware and filled with light. And I don't know why it just like, like, I know I'm going to say this and be like, oh, fucking kid never thought to be self-aware before. But it was like, <laughs> it's something about it just hit me. And I was like, I need to think about how what I do causes effects to other people. Like, I don't know. Like, I just. Yeah. I, I yeah. think that's, that's a perfectly valid story because like, especially at that age, that's when you're kind of figuring those things out. You're kind of developing mm-hmm. your brain a bit more. And music has a great way of like condensing, not just feeling from music, but, but with the lyrics kind of condensing a message. And if you're in a state, I mean, I know I've had those nights where, you know, you're young, you've stayed up all night and you're just kind of like relaxing to end your evening, listening to something that like, you're, you're very susceptible to, mm-hmm. to a lot of like emotion and a lot of like, thoughts provoking I guess lyrics so like it, it that totally makes sense to me I can put like I can almost have that experience or feel like I've had that experience just from you talking about it because it's, yeah. it's something that is so like so visceral not not visceral it's so vivid yeah and, and like I, I've experienced things very similarly I can't wait to get to the, there's an album in specific and a song specifically that I had a very similar experience with um, that I will be sharing with you farther down the line. And I can't wait <clears throat> to get there because I can't wait. Oh man. I just, there's just something so good about that feeling. I love, like, it's one of those feelings that like you, like you said, you can experience it through somebody else just by hearing that they had that moment. Cause it's right. like, Oh, I know that feeling. Oh, that's, Oh, that's nice. Like, yeah, like I mean, last week we talked about the two blue blue lips being an album for me specifically that I will listen to the whole album, even though I'm not like super crazy about the whole album, just to get to that last track because of the cathartic effect yeah. that it had the first time I heard it, or maybe not the first time, but, yeah. but at a time in my life it affected me in a certain way. Yeah, I definitely. Uh, yeah, this is that for me. So I'm glad that we could have those back to back. Yeah, it's because very, very I, <laughs> I, it's almost like some thought went into it. <laughs> Was there though, or is this all just a happy? It's, it's all a happenstance. That's that's what happens. Stances. But uh, this there's another line that also helped me whenever I was a young person. As we talked about, I, I was a kid who put three songs that were very angry. Well, two of the songs were very angsty and one of them was not on a playlist and listened to it for about 13 hours. Yeah. There's the, this two of the lines in this song are the same and it's, we will be forgotten when we're gone. And it was just like the way he said it, there was just like such certainty in it. And yeah. combined with the music, it was like, I don't know. Because whenever you're young, you're not afraid of dying. I get like, no, I mean, until you like reach, I don't know, some people are, I guess I shouldn't say that I was never and I, I'm still not. But like, and it's partially because of this song. Whenever I heard that, it was like, I had all these big problems that caused me to listen to Three Days Grace and Fallout Boy for 13 hours. 
uh, like one song of each of them. Like I had these problems that were nothing and felt huge. And then yeah. it was like, I heard this line. It was like, we will be forgotten when we're gone. And it was like, they all shrunk so small immediately. Yeah. It's very it, like, it's, it's very nihilistic in a way, but it's yeah. also very calming. Yes. And, and also maybe to the wrong person or to the right person, it, it's probably kind of scary yeah. knowing that like, no matter what you do, like there will be a time when no one knows who you were. Yeah. To me, it was very calming, but I could totally completely understand how that would freak somebody out. But, uh, I, yeah, it, it, I thought it was interesting. Maybe, maybe not for this band specifically, because I, I imagine a lot of people more, I, I feel like there are more people that have not heard of them than that have, which is probably true with a lot of bands, honestly. But, um, I don't know. It's just interesting that like someone from like an indie band is singing like we're going to be forgotten when we're gone. Maybe having obviously they were hoping for success and I yeah. obviously they, they got some success and being in the limelight and being able to say like at some point no one's going to know who we are. Yeah. Even, even though we have fans and we're selling records and we have this whole like label like at some point like nobody nobody will know nobody will remember us at least not specifically as people. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's something I didn't even think about. Like these, all these people who have like bands and stuff that go on. I, there is going to be a point where I, people just, I don't know. You saw it a little bit with LimeWire. Like there's, there were probably all these people just listening to songs that they heard without either like ever attaching a band to it. Like maybe they yeah. just heard the song name. Maybe they just, had somebody had it titled something differently and that's just how they knew it. Like it's kind of like one big game of cosmic telephone throughout time where like people a thousand years from now are going to hear this album and they're not going to know what it's called or who made it even maybe like, I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah. I I, I like that idea. (laughs) I mean, it's it's obviously kind of upsetting, but like, I don't know. It's cool. It's a fun thought exercise. Yeah. I mean, I'm nobody, so I don't have to worry about any of it. Because, like, there's probably going to be, I, like... I know who you are, Joey. Yeah, but we're both going to die one day, and then, yeah, like... Yeah, we'll but we will have had a successful podcast before then. You know what? That's true. Everyone's going to know who we are. And then, uh, maybe a hundred years down the line, some two little shitheads who both happen to be named Joey and Jeremy are going to be like, <laughs> that was us. And we're playing a prank. We somehow figured out how to hack the internet to say that our <laughs> upload date was a hundred years ago. <laughs> I'm sure that will happen. And hey, then we will be forgotten. If, when, forgotten. when that happens, if they happen to listen to this episode, hi, Jeremy. Hi, Joey. We are, hey. we are past you. Yeah. What's up? <laughs> What's up? Not much more to say other than fuck you if you are an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> oh, track 23. We are almost at the end. Almost. Track 23 is called My Pretend. Uh, it's got some some groovy like organs in it that I, I really enjoy. There, there's not like a beat. There's not a lot of like accompaniment. It's just kind of this groovy organ. Yeah, and him singing. I like his voice on this song. It's just nice. Yeah. I don't know. There's a little, there's a little, little message in here that I kind of gleaned from it, and it's probably pretty obvious. But the song being called "My Pretend," it it seems like he's talking about somebody 
is being his pretend. Like he calls somebody his pretend. And right. it just made me think about the fact that love or friendship or whatever feeling he's talking about, it's just pretend in of itself. Like you call somebody, my love, my friend, my whatever, like anything, like it's all just an idea, I guess. So in that way, it seems like you could just say it's all pretend. Yeah, it's know. it's kind of interesting. So I just I just had this thought. So in the previous track, Beautiful Machines Part Three and Four, he talks about being forgotten. But he one of the lines you didn't mention uh, is that he says we will live together for a long time. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of tying things. Maybe it's a stretch, but maybe he's talking about Lola specifically. He, he's yeah. talking to Lola. And saying like, look, we're we're gonna be great. Or maybe he's talking to Joni if Joni has returned, and he's like, yeah, like we'll we'll be fine. Like there's no there's no need to worry about things. We'll be all right. No one's gonna remember us, but but like we're cool. And you come to my pretend, and maybe maybe this character, maybe Lola, never actually existed. Yeah, maybe he's 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 been lying to himself, and and he's been like saying, hey, like Lola, why don't you come over for dinner? Maybe just stay. Don't go yet maybe he's having this kind of crisis because he's realizing that like Lola never existed and he was kind of making her up and then he's, he's trying not to let go or maybe, maybe she is real, but maybe their relationship wasn't as real as he thought it was. And I was like, wait, like I thought, I thought we were cool, but, but just, just just stick around a little bit more. Yeah. Kind of how, uh, he never really coped, I guess with Joni leaving. And it was kind of just like, the the sun was instantly out and now it's like the the weight of all of it is like oh no don't leave or potentially what happened right is Joni moved away at the beginning she realized she fucked up she came back to him and then like so much time had passed and Joni had changed so much that like he thought that when Joni returned they would get back together and they would be friends and they'd still be just as close as they used to be. But now Joni's a different person and Joni doesn't really feel the same way. So she, she's come back, hang out with them once to say, Hey, like I'm, I'm back in town, whatever. We'll, we'll, we'll have, I'll, I'll stop, stop in and say hi to you. And he was like, yeah. yeah, this relationship's back. And then she's like, yeah, okay, well I'm going to get going. He's like, no, wait, this, this isn't how I planned it. Yeah. Stay a little bit longer, man. And then she's, I don't know, just like that whole thought of anybody that you haven't talked to in a little bit is just a figment of your imagination, essentially, because they probably are just a completely different person in reality, but you yeah. don't know it because you, you haven't found it out yet. Truth, man. Deep. Deep. <laughs> Track 24. <laughs> and this kind of bothers me. Yep. Non-Pythagorean composition three <laughs> which is is why i kind of let into with beautiful machines that sometimes numbers don't go in order but there's there's not a part two to this on this album at the very least you know Are what you, you there know is part on two? the there is but it's only on the enhanced cd version that was released yeah, later i see so it's like a bonus track the yeah it, didn't make the cut for the original album perhaps yeah and they just didn't rename it for whatever fucking reason <laughs> <laughs> well i mean if, if they if they wrote them in a specific order and then like and eh, number two is like well we'll cut number two 
I guess, I guess they, could have, they could have renamed it, but I also see Meriden leaving it how it was intended. But yeah, it's but yeah. it's more like dial tone sounds, kind of kind of synth notes. It's it's a very interesting downbeat way to end the album, and uh, I I don't know I don't think this was intentional, but uh, when I listen to albums when I'm driving or something, I, I put them on repeat. And at the end of the song, it kind of looped back into "Can You Feel It," and I felt like yeah. it, it, it kind of kind of made the whole album come full circle. Yeah, I think that was on purpose, but I can't one hundred percent say that with any certainty. But I always thought that was cool. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's supposed to represent. Maybe this is looking way too far into it. Maybe Rob, Doctor Rob's, uh, <laughs> has is kind of stuck in the cycle of repeating the same thing where he makes a friend and then they get distant from him, maybe not literally moving away, but they kind of get distant and then they come back and then they, they just kind of like things aren't the same. And then he, he tries to move on. He finds someone else and then that person gets distant and the album repeats over and over again with, with a, a new Joni figure. Maybe Lola is the new Joni for the next loop or whatever. Shit. And Joni is just a placeholder title for the girl that leaves. And right. Lola is okay. Okay. Totally throwing, throwing that out there in, into the ether. Shit, dude. Little preparation. <laughs> well, you know what? It's, it's fine. I, I bet it's as much thought as anybody needs to put into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the album. Uh, overall. I mean, I, f- I feel like, Everything that I could th- could say about those albums has been said. It's got a lot of like British rock vibes. It's it's very nice and happy, which was a good change from what we've been listening to. And I'm I'm kind of excited to see what's next on this journey. Uh, I don't really have any complaints with the album. They they have a style and they stick to it. So there's not a lot of like notable music to to discuss. But but it's not a bad thing at all. I don't think. Yeah. Well, awesome. I'm very glad. Because that bodes well for the next... I've decided this whole trip... I've I've probably said it at the beginning, but it's been like an hour and a half, so I don't remember what I said. But uh, it's going to be like four albums, so this was the first. Next one's two, three. And then we end on four, which is boom, big, bam, finale going on. Big, boom, bam, finale. (laughs) The next, next album, if you're curious... The next step in our journey... Yeah, is uh, it's going to be called "When Your Heartstrings Break." No, Joey, it is already called "When Your Heartstrings no. Break." You know what? That... I, mean, I guess it will, it will it will also be called in the future that, but yeah, it, it, it will. It, it has it has been titled, is currently titled, and will probably be titled at least for the foreseeable future. Yes. When your When your heartstrings break by the band Beulah. Biola. Biola. Ferris Biola. <laughs> for, ah. for, for spelling purposes, it's B-U-E-L-A-H for those yeah. uh, listening, which is so many people, guys. You just yeah. you cannot believe how many people we have listening and buying our <laughs> merch and supporting us. It's it's great. We love each and every one of you, personally. I, I do. I know I do. I am definitely capable of loving all of you. <laughs> 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 Every single listener that we have. <laughs> that, 
that is the maximum amount of people that I am allowed to love and can <laughs> can physically love. Like I can't I can't do much more. Ugh, man, this this was a, a long episode. It was a really? long album. It's a long, long, long podcast to come to come back to. Uh, yeah, but it was it was good times. We had it good was, times. I'm just glad you liked it because I don't yeah, know. I, I'm as well. I'm excited for the rest of our journey. And also kind of cautious because I know it's just going to go downhill from here. <laughs> I'm going to try to make it not go downhill. That's why I had to actually like think decently hard about which album to go next. Because there's a lot of Elephant 6 stuff that's just kind of like nuts. Okay. okay. But, well, I, I have complete faith in you and complete lack of faith in myself. So we will we will see how I really feel next week when we talk about when your heart strings break. Until then, if you guys want to hit us up. We're on all of the social medias. We, you can listen to us everywhere. You guys know by this point. Like, why would you start with it? Well, maybe you would start with this one if you're like wanting to get into indie rock. I shouldn't assume yeah. anything about you. But we're on a lot of podcast platforms. Uh, just fucking Google us or ask us on on social media, on Twitter, or on Facebook, or on Instagram, or whatever. Yeah. Where we are, and we'll we'll tell you. And there's usually links going around anyway, but. Uh, I don't know. You, you, you'll figure it out. You're a smart person because you're listening to our podcast and that means your IQ is at least 300. Yeah. Or less, maybe. I mean, statistically, yeah. probably. But It's, a bare, you know it's I mean. a bare minimum, 300 to listen to this this podcast. Well, then how, how are we making it, Jeremy? Because we're not listening, Joey. We're just talking. <laughs> you have to edit it. But do you not listen to me? No, certainly not. I just pretend to edit it. Shit. Out various segments and, and say, yeah, it's good enough. Well, that's good enough for me. That's good enough for me as well. Uh, until next time, stay on our feedback loop. Bye!